Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horwitz. And this is I Burn Everything, a food and relationship podcast. Hi, Stevie. Hi, Dave. It's the morning. Yeah, it's it's early morning. We're experimenting with an early morning intro. Are we experimenting or have we just run out of time to do the podcast? No, don't. Hey, listeners, don't listen to her. She doesn't know what she's talking about. We have all the time in the world for you and we love you. <laughs> um, no, I, I almost got through that without laughing. I, I, I remain uh, enamored with and in love with this podcast, but the world is kicking my ass just a little bit. Me too. I feel like it's so confusing because things are starting up again. Mean, meanwhile, COVID is still at its height in Los Angeles. So it's like I'm starting to work a lot more. But so it's like I'm exhausted in a way I'm not normally. It's a very weird balance. Like I can't seem to regulate this week. Yeah, I this is my uh, first or actually this is my second full week my, my, uh, without uh, a job. My my longtime gig ended and um, I'm trying to sort of, you know, take it all in and, and take a breath. And yet I'm I'm I've been supposed to have a job interview scheduled and they're still getting back to me. And it's like, well, what's going to happen? I mean, am I going to get to keep my insurance? Am I going to get sick? Am I going to am I going to get it? But also on the, it, by that same token, I'm thinking. Well, we got to have our pod kick as much ass as possible. Well, yeah, pod is up there in my top three priorities right now. Pod is life. Um, Dog is life. Pod is life. Pogs are life. Pod, did you, have you gone back into pogs? <laughs> I, you know, listeners, we're on Zoom and I just want to say that <laughs> I have not experienced joy like seeing Stevie realize she was about to say pogs in a while <laughs> it made me very happy uh, what do we Stevie, hey dave what do we think oh my god wait you actually have pogs <laughs> what are those are slammers what are those those are the big pogs no they're just pogs they're two two of my favorite pogs in um in a pog pog holder <laughs> What do you mean? Two of my favorite. Po- Look, we we got to get to this episode. But te- do you do you collect pogs? Not anymore, Dave. Not anymore. But um, we will reveal a few things that I was a little bit obsessed about in this episode. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll 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 discuss this in the outro because I do have more questions. But um, listeners, this uh, this was a long time coming. Uh, we have a wonderful wonderful guest on our show. Uh, he is a stand-up, he is an author, he is a podcaster, and he's a writer for Jesus and Marrow. And also, he's a vague Boston acquaintance of mine back in the, in the hazy, halcyon days of doing stand-up in the early aughts. And now he's a freaking superstar and he's on our show. It's Josh Gondelman. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, Josh. Hey. Thanks so for ni- being here with us. So nice to see uh, to see you both. I see you. I immediately fuck up the whole podcast. So no. like you are, but you are seeing us. You're right. You're we, not we here right. with us. You're right. It is just, it's nice to see your face. Dave, also nice to see your face. You were right. You didn't fuck up. 
Thank you. No, nope. thank you for having me. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Also, I just got to say, extremely hard to fuck up a remote podcast recording where the stakes. I mean, I don't want to downplay it too much, but they couldn't be lower right now. We're just <laughs> lowest stakes possible. Chat. That's kind yeah. of my comfort zone. Just no expectations. <laughs> Honestly, th- Dave, this is to jump right into it. A very Massachusetts thing, I think, is to believe that success isn't possible and that <laughs> anyone who's done it is like a wizard and deserves your scorn. And so that is my zone. <laughs> is that a wait? Hold on. I got I mean, I, I don't want to show my ass too much, but I do have those thoughts. Is that do you feel like that's a Massachusetts thing? I do, think it's, Ma- I do think it's a Massachusetts thing. I think there's the idea of like, it is embarrassing to succeed at something unless you're Aerosmith or Dane Cook or play for the Red Sox. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what it is. Maybe that is my metric for success. I, I think it was, I have to blame Wayne's world too, but when I was a kid, every <laughs> single, every single limo that I would see, whether it was like in my little tiny town of Sharon, Massachusetts, or if we would go to Boston or if we'd visit my aunt in Alston, shout out Alston again on this podcast. Um, I always would think that Aerosmith was in that limo. I was convinced. (laughs) Convinced. I love that. Because who, yeah, who's, who's successful? Aerosmith is successful. Fucking Roger Clemens kid. Uh, I guess Mark Wahlberg. Larry Um, Bird, basketball Jesus. Yeah. The new kids on the block were successful. Wow, you guys had a very different idea of what success was than I did. What was what is success to you? As a kid, um, I mean, because I grew up in my dad's like vintage guitar store, like I was completely unfazed by success. Like I was just like, like Keith Urban would walk in and uh, stuff like that. And I was always kind of just like, eh, eh. Aerosmith ever? No Aerosmith. Okay. Um, we haven't seen real success in the <laughs> <laughs> you're right actually uh they are successful and that that is the tier that is for the top years. tier <laughs> steven so, tyler is is for somebody who and bless his soul does look like a rotting apple core <laughs> looks he he continues to just he's still doing it he's mick jaggering it and i know that when i'm his age i am going to look like jack nicholson looks right now <laughs> my book Love My that. whole body is going to be the texture and hairiness of Jack Nicholson's torso. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to do that head to toe. I I hope that I care as little about my appearance and and what I how I am perceived when I'm that age as Jack Nicholson does now because when you see him you're like oh wow he's really let himself go and then your brain your real brain kicks in and goes. I mean, he's got to be 81. What the fuck does he care? No, he, he doesn't care. He's going to Lakers games. He's living He's living life. Yeah. He's living life. It seems like there's a lot of freedom in getting older in that sense. Like, I feel like even, even my grandma, I remember she would just be like, she always like dressed well, but like you just stop caring in a good way. Yeah. Like, what if we could get to that now? <sighs> I mean, well, right now, so for, so you're, Josh, you're able to, to work remotely Yes. Uh, have you, and, and which probably, and I think we all have had to be on multiple Zooms, not just for podcasting, but for work. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you, I mean, you look pretty put together right now. Do you, have you stopped caring? What, 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 what sort of, what sort of presentation are we talking about that goes into your daily routine? Waist up, I try to do about as much as I would if I was going to the office. Waist down. Oh, you know what though? I was going to say waist down 
the, all bets are off. But that's not true. I still <laughs> put on sneakers on. So I, I work for Jesus and Marrow on Showtime. And so mm-hmm. on days that we have a show, I will still put on a nice pair of sneakers um, for the show as like kind of a, to mark time a little bit. Uh, but like, yeah, I'll wear, ba- I'm wearing basketball shorts, same, maybe the same pair for a whole week. Um, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I had a meeting a couple weeks ago. I was very excited about it just cause I hadn't had anything that was like truly set up in a little while. I was mm-hmm. wrapping up a gig and I was like, someone wants to meet me and talk to me. This is great. And I put on, I thought it was being slick. I put on a really great, um, button down that was crisp. It, like hadn't worn it since pre pandemic. Yeah. So it was pressed from the dry cleaners. Put it on, sat down, got everything perfect in the background for the Zoom. Just basketball shorts on underneath, uh, on the on the bottom, thinking I was slick. And then at the last minute, the woman uh, uh, canceled and pivoted to a phone call. So I spent 40 minutes walking <laughs> around my room in a really nice button down in basketball shorts and socks, <laughs> feeling like a complete shit heel. What am I doing? That's oh, very, wow. It was kind of a, a, a business casual, risky business, <laughs> a risky business casual. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh, that is the that is the quarantine garb. It's, it's really- risky business casual. I, you well, should you should uh, definitely coin that. I think we just did. Oh, we yeah, wow. See, see, this is this is why this is why you are you are as nice as people think you are because she's saying you should coin that. You think like, all of us should have did. credit. Meanwhile, <laughs> we could be doing a real treasure of the Sierra Madre here, just fighting over co- control of this, this actual gold mine that we're sitting on. A risky business casual. One <laughs> of us is going to be, is going to trademark it and sell t-shirts, not for yeah. charity, just no. for profit for, for profit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and why do anything for charity right now? It's, it's every, it's every man take all winner take all. We are really trying to see who is winning quarantine. (laughs) Yeah, everyone keeps talking about how bad capitalism and we're actually just leaning harder into it. Quarantine, only the strong survive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Hey, can I ask you a question, Josh? Um, Of course, that's why we're here. Oh, right, right, right. (laughs) Um, There's a part of me that thinks that you may have slightly predicted this because I was listening to your book, Nice Try. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah, of course. And you in the, like one of the first two stories, you mentioned the apocalypse and Purell in the same story. Wow. And I was I, like, did he know this was going to happen in 2019? I I wish. I mean, if I had and I said nothing, I would be a monster. One of the <laughs> words. So you're certainly not going to admit to it no matter what. Oh, yeah. yeah. You oh, should yeah, have yeah, yeah. No one. I'll take that. Deny to this. <laughs> I'll take that to my grave. It'll be a secret for another six or seven years. Yeah. Um, but. I, oh no, six or seven. <laughs> oh God, what? I will I was talking with a friend about this the other night, how I I will not literally die for a bit, but I will die in any bit just because I think it's like funny. It's like the ultimate stakes is just like, yeah, and then the apocalypse and I was consumed by fire and snakes. And so <laughs> I think there's I, I am like I'm a pretty upbeat person. So I think that's why I enjoy that kind of like super bleak taking it to like that place so much. I love that. That's also my comedic energy. It's like, how can I mention how many times I'd like to die in this conversation? Yeah, I think like, I mean, it, it's so funny to me to say, I'll take it to my grave. I'll, uh, so it'll be a secret for six or seven years. That's like, <laughs> to me, it's like so stupid and funny to me. It's really funny. Do you find that maybe it's it's a little bit uh, like that sort of helps the the brand or the sense of humor? Because sometimes I feel, and and I'm not, literally i will not name names but i do think that there is 
a false positivity that can exist as it, it, in sort of in in someone's brand in people's brand, like in someone's essence and i don't see that with you because having known you and known of you for a very long time shout out uh ancient uh boston stand-up com- comedy in the early aughts seriously um, I, I genuinely find you to be a positive, upbeat person, but maybe because you're able to joke about these things, uh, it it keeps it, it it sells the authenticity. Like I don't know, I know some people who they're very sunshine and rainbows, but I think it's really just a put on, and I don't think I've ever, I don't think there's anyone who would ever say that about you. Thank, I appreciate that. I think that I I try to be like. Not, you know, not 100% who I am privately is who I am publicly, but I try to not shy away from like, if something, I think something is fucked up, I'll say it's fucked up. If I have like a joke that is dark, I try to make it because I do think it is like a weird tone, but I am a very, I'm a very positive person generally, but I do think like unfettered, untempered positive is like impossible and weird. And so like, I try to put it forth as like, I'm a pretty positive person. I want to be there for people. I want to to cheerlead for people. But at the same time, I think like a very bleak joke is often really funny. And I love when other people do it. And, and so thank you. I they There was a thing on the show a couple of weeks ago where, um, where th- uh, Julia, our Julia Young, who's our producer that like, who's the voice you hear talking to Jesus and Mero on the show. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't see her, but she's, she's there kind of like, um, directing the flow of the show a little bit she's like giving them the information they need behind the scenes and you you sometimes hear on mic and she they were talking about Dis- disney weddings and julia said who do you think would get married uh at disney and marrow took a minute to think and then was like probably josh right it was probably be josh and then jesus goes josh is gonna run up on you po- very politely one of these days if you keep throwing him under the bus which <laughs> is like very funny and it felt very funny to be like seen for that that like jesus is like he's not the disney wedding guy he knows that you're like you're breaking his balls yes yeah, speak- okay okay yeah. that is such a perfect example because there is i think there's an in- maybe they just are like a mirror opposites. I think there's an inherent um, uh, transparency. Like I think it's pretty obvious to tell that if you're going to get, if you're the first person to get actually married at Disneyland, there's an inherent darkness in there that I would like to explore, but from a distance, cause it's scary, but I don't see that from you because it's like, you. you, you know, that, you know, that the world is really messed up and yet you have, a sunnier outlook than the most. I mean, I don't know. I think a lot of Disney wedding people are the same people who are, who are rocking Emily, the strange lunchboxes in high school <laughs> having goth phases, but they were via the lens of nightmare before Christmas. If you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about. Totally. Yeah. I know there. I have those people in my life for sure. Stevie, did you ever have a, 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 a faux goth phase? No, I've always been this. I've always, <laughs> <laughs> I've always been, I was born exactly who I am today. Like, I'm not kidding. Like there was no, there was no transition. Like I was born wearing pink. I, um, I was very stoic, but happy. Uh, woke up early every morning from the time I was like a toddler. I've always been like positive, but quiet. And then like stoic, but I don't know. Happy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, I didn't have. I my only real phase, my only real phase in middle school was um, 
my uh, frog face. <laughs> Wait, okay. say more about that. Yeah, you'll Please. love this. So when I was like 12, a little bit before 12, like around 10, I became low-key obsessed with poisonous tree frogs and mm-hmm. wrote every paper I could on them um, and like had was part of like the gifted program and just would write only about tree frogs, like no matter what the prompt was. <laughs> and um, I started <laughs> I started an eBay account very young called Froggy Girl where I would buy and sell uh, like tree frog figurines that I would get at natural history museums. So I had a phase where all I would wear is shirts from natural history museums that had tree frogs on them. How many natural history museums were you visiting? How far as many as many as I could. I I made it all the way to DC. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I was really into it. And the craziest thing is my parents were like, yeah, go for it. Like they just like never thought it was crazy that I liked frogs. Like my puffer jackets were all like lime green. Like there was a deep obsession. So no, to answer your question, no such thing as a goth face for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but frog face. There. Yeah, I mean, Josh, something to note here is that we are in the run up to our 100th episode of this show. And also, we took a break. So this is we started the show in 2015. And this is truly the first time hearing about this frog face. And the eBay account froggy girl. I mean, you say you've been the same forever, but this frog phase really shook you up and spit you out. And you had to be a little bit different on the other end of that. Oh no, it's still in me. Honestly, like frogs, I'm still obsessed with frogs. Like that there's like a meme account that's like, um, <laughs> what frog are you? And like mm-hmm. literally they put my name on there and I like almost cried. Like I was just like, oh my God. Um, no, it's still in me. Frog frogs have been in me since birth. Incredible. Now, when you were into the frog stuff, were you- into the frog stuff very weird phrasing um were were you like afraid keith urban let's say would see you all frogged up or were you like i hope keith urban walks in i'm gonna tell him about frog poison yeah it was like that it was like i was very um confident about it i was incredibly shy but like there were certain things that i was like not embarrassed about and frogs and dachshunds were two two of the things like i was obsessed with dachshunds too i would go to like uh dog shows to see them Awesome. And now you have dachshunds, but you don't have frogs. I just don't know that I would want to, like, I would have frogs if I could, but I don't know how, like, how happy a frog would be living <laughs> living in Los Feliz. Like, I just kind of feel like not an ideal rainforest environment for a tree frog. But if I felt like it was ethical, count me in. <laughs> I love this. I mean, yeah. okay, so 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 you've always been like this, but maybe not maybe with a little detour with where a frog detour if you will yeah um josh we do we do we are pretty fascinated with how people kind of got to where they are and i feel uh i i feel like it's kind of i mean unfortunately but it is kind of rare that since we've started recording in quarantine that i believe you might be one of if not the first guest who uh was already living with and already married to their partner we had people move in i don't want to say under duress but kind of put the pedal to the metal we've had sure. people kind of like meet me like in my relationship uh i didn't make any rash decisions but you know you gotta you gotta uh, uh, uh dial dial back who you're seeing and you have to make sure that you and your partner are like in the same bubble and and figuring out uh who's going where and how many grocery stores you visited but uh being in a stable 
relationship slash marriage being employed mm-hmm. all through the core feels like a bit of a rare feat. Um, and I'm wondering, did you have, have you always been sort of stable, even keel guy in your dating life? Or have you uh, had many trials and tribulations leading up to this point? That's a great question. Um, I think, I, I mean, I'm very fortunate, first of all, to like be in a really wonderful, loving marriage during this quarantine. I'm like so grateful, truly, that every day uh, that I'm spent, I that I'm not alone all the time. Which, like, you know, because those first month and a half, like, I think they it was so scary. It was like stay the fuck away from everybody, and so I was so happy to have someone with me and and to have my wife Maris there every day. Just like we have spent so much more time together than ever and it's been that part of this has been really uh lovely and not stressful at all to me so that I just want to be like very uh open about just like how fortunate I feel and how like delighted I am to get to have such a a wonderful loving special partner um (sighs) I think I'm the best I've ever been in a relationship now where like I don't think I've always been great at it I there have definitely been relationships and there's that I think it's a sex in the city thing that you see quoted about all the time about um the taxi light with a guy right about like that a, a guy will be like dating and then just like all of a sudden it's like oh the next person that I date that's that's it like I we're we're locking it down and I kind of feel like I circumstantially had that even though that's not how I felt at the time in that I was dating someone who's really great and uh, who I really liked a lot. And I was just not a, 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 a great partner in that I was like consumed by and obsessed with work and I wasn't making any money or accomplishing anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was really hard. It was like that phase of comedy before you have any kind of stability, any kind of like real credits. And it was like kind of the, the like, inside Lewin Davis phase where I was like, do I mean, we, my ex-girlfriend and I saw that movie together and I was like, Oh, this is, they made this movie about me where it's like mm. a guy who's almost good enough and he's ruining relationships in this pursuit of a thing that is better than he deserves. And, uh, and then we broke up and two weeks later I got my first full-time job on a TV show doing their web and social and digital stuff. And then wow. one month after that, I met my wife, my now wife. So it was wow. like, wow. wow. So it was like everything kind of lined up. And I feel, wow. I, I still like think about how I didn't, I wasn't able to be like the best partner I was capable of with, with my ex-girlfriend with, you know, the, the, the last person I did before I, I met my wife, because I was in this, like, I was like a very selfish time in my life where I was kind of like, this is the make or break period for me. And, and I really need to, you know, it, it was the kind of shit where I would be like, oh, I got offered this show I've never done before on the Lower East Side and I'm doing seven minutes and I'm going to bomb and it's going to pay it. it uh, it pays no money, but it's like <laughs> the kind of thing I should, like, it is good for my career to like be at that show. And, uh, uh, and so I would like blow off plans to do, you know, not like, not like ghost, but I would be yeah. like, Hey, can we reschedule? I've got this thing for things that were like objectively nothing. Interesting. Wait, can I, okay. So that's really interesting. And it, it makes me wonder, do you think that it was 
circumstantial as in like your life wasn't quite settled. Right. And so then Mm -hmm. once your life and like your job settled, it built like some sort of like self-esteem and then you met Maris Mm -hmm. or, or do you think it could have been like the other person also wasn't, could it have been like the person wasn't right for you? And like, yeah, I think that's certainly part of it. Like I think the, the needs that we have that we had were very different. And I was like specifically at that point, unable to like meet the needs that she had from a partner of like spending a lot of quality time together. That was like something that I think was, was really important to her that I was like bad at offering and is still not, I mean, in quarantine, I'm better than ever at that, (laughs) uh, at spending time with my wife, but, um, it is still a thing that I think I sometimes push aside. I do better at picking and choosing, like picking my spots, figuring out what is worth doing and what is like, no, I need to like, be with the person I love now. And, and that is like what is nourishing to my life. And, and my, that's what my priority is. But I yeah. do, th- I think you're right in that, like, ultimately, my relationship with, with Maris is like better and more stable because we love each other in the ways that feel mm. good and natural to each other. And that's so underrated. And, and like, to just like, our inclinations are to do the right thing for each other, which even when you're dating someone you really like and that really likes you, it's not always like that. No, it's no. not. No, it's not. Like it can be that part, especially if it's, it doesn't line up, it can be feel like a lot of work, like yeah. a lot of work you don't want to do. And it's very stressful, I think, sometimes to be in a relationship with someone where you're like, there's no on paper reason. I don't dislike this person. I don't resent this person. But like, it's we just can't solve the problem of like how to be there for each other in ways that are mutually meaningful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of just like you're just not lining up. Yeah. Yes. And I think. Yeah. And I. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I think with me, it was both things. I think that like I am now better at making at setting those priorities and like spending time cultivating uh, like mutuality and support and love in my personal life. But also, I'm still this, you know, and, and that's because of circumstances, because I feel less um, anxious about like, oh, if I don't go out tonight, I'm going to backslide and my career's over. Um, but I also think that like, I've found I'm with someone who is excusing of when I say now to her, hey, this is an important work thing I'd like to do. Um, can we reschedule? She knows that I'm not doing that uh, because I don't care about her or she or she doesn't take it. Uh, it is it is not a hurtful thing to her because that's not the that's not what she needs from me, right? Is to like put her over those things like ninety eight times out of hundred. Yeah, you know something that makes sense. Something that really stuck out to me um, about one of your stories was your story about um, taking her to go see Gone Girl. On I think what oh, was yeah. that? What was it? Your it was like, like a third date. Third date. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, Which just is... a horrible date movie. <laughs> Truly one of the bottom... Bo- uh, you know, the worst date movie I've ever been to on a date was uh, Synecdoche, New York, the Charlie Kaufman movie with Philip no. Seymour Hoffman. That was a very early date. And I was like, guess we just got to watch each other die. <laughs> <laughs> but this one was second <gasps> <worst. laughs> Yeah, but something that stuck out to me um, 
and maybe we'll tell the, maybe I'll have you tell the listeners a little bit of the story. Um, something that stuck out to me was that all she cared about and at the end was that you were okay. And I like, I listened to that and was like, Oh, they care about each other in this, in the same way. They care about each other in such a loving way upfront even. Yeah. She, I mean, she's the best. And, uh, so this is the story is I'm an, an immensely squeamish person and, especially like in a movie theater where I feel like you can't really like cringe away from something to the degree you can on a laptop or a TV. So there's the movie Gone Girl is not like an especially violent movie, except there's one Mm. super gruesome scene (laughs) towards the end. And Uh. I was just like, oh boy, I need to take a lap. So I left and I had, you know how an iPhone after two years just becomes like recycling. And so I had a two-year-old iPhone. So I'm in the uh, lobby and I'm it's like I'm waiting until I'm like oh you know I'm just gonna stay out here for a minute it's been long enough that I should text her so I go to text her and my phone dies so she thinks I'm like really sick and I'm like sitting in the lobby of this movie theater in Union Square and like the movie theater employees think I'm like like drunk you know just like, <laughs> like and so she came out at the end of the movie and was just like were you okay I was so worried like didn't wasn't like he bailed on me it was just like is is he okay and it was so sweet and and she's just like the loveliest most generous person yeah Ugh, so sweet uh and sorry for just for and i guess i don't know listeners this movie came out six years ago so skip ahead 30 seconds but is this <laughs> is this the scene with this is the neil patrick harris yeah, yeah, scene? Yeah, yeah. oh god okay yeah um this is uh I, I wish there had been some kind of a warning. I feel like there's like a squeamish people. I don't get particularly squeamish in movies, but I've learned to sort of modulate for an audience. Like for example, uh, like my girlfriend doesn't like horror movies. Um, but one of my favorite movies of all time is green room, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know if you've seen that, but it's a, it's a punk band uh, just absolutely fucking up a bunch of terrible Nazis in of all places, timely enough Portland. Uh, but it's, it's a suspense movie. It's a thriller, but it's supremely violent in like th- three or four places. And I three times now have, and I don't, I, I try not to be the kind of forces movies on people, but I, I, people know that it's, I love it. And so sometimes people are like, I'd love to watch that with you. And occasionally I'll be like, Oh, you're a little squeamish. And they'll go, Oh, well, as long as I know that something's happening and I can look away. So I kind of have like two jobs when I do these rewatches. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm an appreciator. I'm watching like one of my favorite movies. I'm watching Patrick Stewart be really quietly menacing. I'm watching a great performance by the late Anton Yelchin. Um, hmm. But I'm also going like, Ooh, uh, look away right now, right now. And then something crazy happens. And I'm like, okay, you can look again. You might see a little bit of blood, but the worst is over. And then they'll look back and it's, it's, I mean, hopefully in the future if you guys have any moments like that you know you can modulate now she just knows that you're not leaving the room because you have uh you, you ate too much something but yeah. you just need to you, need, you need a second too many sour patch kids yeah, my mouth was all grainy um, I, was like, <laughs> I gotta get out of here um she but yeah it's i mean i can i think when i know it's concentrated or when the mood is generally tense and violent I feel like it's less jarring, but that was a movie that w- that basically played at the kind of emotional intensity of like a very pulpy, exciting lifetime movie. And then there uh. was just one super gory scene at the end that I was like, oh, I was not prepared for this. My my loins were ungirded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a real sneak attack. I feel like that movie in particular, like 
I don't feel like I remember I read the book. I don't feel like I even remember the book being like that. They love to just throw stuff at you, especially if you're I mean, gosh, I mean, I at this that this this is making me miss going to the movies because I saw that with a packed theater. That's up th- like the, the reaction of that scene is up there with my react the reaction to um, I don't know if you guys have seen Drive, but I always yeah. one of my favorite memories of all time is seeing uh, seeing Drive in a packed screening at the Arclight. And it's that is also a very violent movie, but the reactions to those moments were fine. Uh, but I will truly never forget. There's a scene where they've gone somewhere with the kid, Carrie Mulligan and the kid and Ryan Gosling. And then they're back at Carrie Mulligan's house. And Ryan Gosling is leaning up against the window and like a and like a dirty, tight thermal. And you can tell like his, it's tight enough that you can tell exactly what his body looks like. He's never looked better. It's whatever, 2011. <laughs> and a, and a, a woman, probably my own age behind me, directly behind me, I just hear like almost as if she probably didn't even re- realize she was saying it. She went, oh, my God. <laughs> just, <laughs> and everyone around us all started laughing like this little because it was a tense scene, too. But this woman couldn't believe what she was looking at. <laughs> and so good. It's a beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, I, oh, I ugh. love those. I the hardest I've ever seen a comedy kill in the theater is the the first Hangover movie, which I saw like it was like week two. I was living in Boston still, and I think I saw it like downtown. And it was one of those where they were like, "Oh, it's just so funny. Just go see it. Don't like don't. It's just a very funny comedy. Go enjoy it." And it was like while that word of mouth was still building, and before it became like everybody was just like Wolfpack. Um, <laughs> he. It, he it it like crushed it crushed people like belly laughing like applauding it was like one of the best movie going and it's it's i've never watched it since because no subsequent viewing of the movie could like live up to that Ugh. enjoyment yeah i will say absolutely yeah. under no circumstances to see that movie again but that first time <laughs> is always <laughs> that's so funny Hey guys, Stevie here. Just wanted to say, hey, why don't you contact us? You can email us at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com or you can even call our hotline, leave a message, 213-458-5236. It's 213-458-5236. And we may even talk about your message or email on a future episode. So get to it. Oh, guys, yeah. Going, I going to the movies feels like such a like foreign thing, doesn't it? Like it's something I used to do once a week and now it's like, haven't been in a long time. I feel that way. Oh, go ahead. No, no, please. I feel that way about live music too. And not that I would go once a week, but like I go see like a pretty good amount of bands and it's like my number one real de-stress activity. Like it takes me out of my head and I'm not thinking about, anything that might be you know any low-grade stress that's in my life it's just like gone for you know because i'm seeing a band you singing along jumping up and down all that uh and to just not do that it feels it feels really weird yeah it's what was the last strange. concert you saw oh man let me think back i must have seen some a couple of things this year but the last one that i that like sticks out to me as like oh this is a concert that i'll think about for for a long time was um i saw pup do you guys know pup mm-hmm. they're like a pop punk band like punk band from toronto they're great and i saw them at terminal five in uh in new york which is like just an abysmal venue and 
uh, but it's the show is great. It was like one of the best shows I've ever seen. They're so good live. Mm. I yeah I I I miss I miss I miss all of that. I I I I wanted to know I I and, and maybe this is just bad uh, research if I'm wrong, but I I seem to have a and we've I've mentioned this phase of my life on the show before because it's as uh, embarrassing as it is sort of endearing. But I was a white East Coast Jewish hip hop kid in high school. Did you occupy that space at all? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Still yeah. Do. <laughs> yeah. He has an entire chapter in his book on it. I do. There's um, it's, it is so formative for me. And I try to be, um, I try to be like respectful of the greater culture without like claiming any ownership of it, but also being like the, the Wu-Tang Clan is so important to my early teen years. And I can't, do else but admit that it would be like disingenuous and and i don't think it's i don't think it's unfair to say <laughs> yeah. no the reason i wanted to bring it up is because it seems like for most people for most people who fit that mold and i know i have i have a friend whose name is also literally dave and he's a <laughs> he's a he's from connecticut and he's just he's he's like us and uh and he's he's an he's an actor and i don't think he's applied it to his real life but i would say that sort of in some way it must be applicable to your current job uh which feels like kind of amazing that you were able to take it and then use it because all i have is the you know if i'm in a store and i go oh that's gangstar and whoever i'm with is like what's that and i'm like oh no i'm gonna really bore you for either i'm either gonna really bore you for five minutes or i'm gonna go never mind right you just like <laughs> close your eyes you're back to all the message boards from like 2001 oh yes <laughs> It's um, specifically okplayer.com. Yeah, it's um, it's something. I mean, it is really, uh, I it's such a fun. I have such a fun, wonderful job. I'm like so grateful. My bosses are like the funniest and best people. Um, that's Jesus and Mero, and then like my direct boss, Mike Palasik, who's wonderful. But like Jesus, it's it is very funny. In the same thing with the Disney World joke. In that, like, I think the people that don't know me at all are like, what a weird fit that you would be working for the show. And then people who know me literally at all, like people who have met me three times are like, Oh, this is cool. I bet you have a really good time and rapport um, um, with, you know, with your bosses and with the staff. And like, it is, I mean, we did, um, we did a, th a, a man on the street piece called Billy versus belly which was we went out by Madison Square Garden where Billy Joel helicopters in for a monthly residency. And <laughs> we asked people on the street if they could recognize uh, Billy Joel lyrics versus DMX lyrics and then facts about <laughs> DMX star of the film Belly, one of the two stars. That is so funny. Um, and then we asked if people could recognize things from Billy Joel's life versus DMX's life. And it's like way harder than you think. And it was like, <laughs> truly, there is, I've, this, it might be the most pure version of like, Josh, what's your sense of humor? And it's like, oh, do you know the difference between DMX and Billy Joel? <laughs> it's so specific. And yet you kind of understand exactly what that you're like. I know who that human is. Mm -hmm. It's um, there. The truly the best reaction was I the guys asked um, one of the questions was which of you know, who who is this about? Um, which one of these two people, Billy Joel or DMX, once crashed a car into a house? And uh, the guy, one guy was like, both of them? And <laughs> they were like, actually, just Billy Joel. And the guy goes, for serious, he goes, 
you're telling me for sure you know DMX <laughs> never crashed the car into a house? <laughs> oh my gosh. Is there a better response to that? It's They're so mm. funny. Just like totally sincere, was not like goofing, was just like, come on, you can't know that. Oh, but that's so funny. So funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, and and when they, they uh, Jesus and Mero did an episode of my podcast and the game we play, it's like a fake game show. And the game we played was they had to design their dream late nineties, New York hip hop album. And I just like walked them through like, okay, wow. what's the, what's the album intro skit? Describe what happens there. Who, um, who is there like a beef with that like gets a lot of press? Um, who's the, what's the song with the R and B hook that gets all the radio play. And it's like, wow. they and, and it's, I, we have like, I mean, just because of my, we have a lot of like shared fluency in them. They're like, you know, they're from the Bronx and uh, we're going to shows and at clubs and stuff like where stuff was actually happening. And I was like reading about it on the internet mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Wait, in high school. Have you been able to answer that question for yourself? Which? The question that you asked them. Oh, that about you asked what the album interest get? Oh, you know what? I like almost never think about the answers to the questions on the show because I don't want to like put anything in anyone's mind. So I like very yeah. rarely have a direction I hope it goes I try to come in really open yeah no but have you answered it for like your if it were your own album oh man I think it would be I I like don't think so that's that's where it stops in that I don't think I could credibly put out a rap album (laughs) (laughs) see but that might be that in the sense that people will underestimate or or put you in the disney wedding category which by the way i mean just <laughs> it just it feels so unfair but at the same time it's like let's i i won't judge people have their own preconceived notions i'm sure someone maybe would think that about well they probably wouldn't think that about me because i i tweet about how weird i think those people are but <laughs> i would i would hope that if that album ever happened they would give you top consideration to be uh stereotypical white guy in the skit voice because i oh. my yeah. my friend john in high school shout out john uh he doesn't listen to the show um was obsessed <laughs> <What's> up, john <laughs> he thought he was like it's not fair that they have people pretending to do this he's like i could do this voice better than anyone and i was like okay do it and he, to, to his credit just oh hey 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 red man hey method man i'm a yeah, huge yeah, fan yeah. like he, it was very 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 close and I feel like I could fill that space and occupy that space. Same. And I feel like you don't see that that much anymore. Hip hop albums had sometimes as many skits as they did songs. And yeah. I don't remember anyone's whose favorite part was that. There was there are like a few legendary ones. And then a lot that you're like, I wish this were its own track so I could skip it. <laughs> yeah yeah it's weird that they don't make them separate too you're like no 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 i don't want to listen to this all the um the wu-tang i talk about this all the time i was just talking about this with someone yesterday but this is the degree of squeamishness the skit that introduces the song method man on is was like so uh scarring to me as a child because it's just various forms of like incredibly inventive but also like um low maintenance torture 
torture yeah. motherfucker torture yeah motherfucker. it's stevie have you you would well we'll i'll play for you off air it'll it'll you're already well she's already making a face listeners maybe maybe we won't maybe we'll just leave it at we'll leave it up to your imagination but yeah, it's a bunch of really unpleasant things that you wouldn't Very want to have unpleasant. happen to you yeah, yeah totally. no i'm but they're also you could do them with like household objects <laughs> it's not oh um, god that's worse i feel like if it was an object that you just didn't have i'd be like okay yeah. fine i've never been around one of those like a no meat it's very cleaver. plausible yeah very you plausible. know no i don't want anything that could happen i i got to be on a rap album this year i forgot what yeah i didn't rap um but, <laughs> which is that, i was i mean i was asked not to <laughs> <laughs> i was not asked to <laughs> um Carly chris who's awesome he's uh he and gene gray do a lot of stuff together um, mm-hmm. They put an album together. He's he's really great. And he asked me to do, I do these pep talks on Twitter um, where I'd say, hey, if anybody needs a pep talk, reach out on, I'll, I'll, if you need an encouraging word. And he was like, you know, I, um, I like these. Would you want to do an audio one for my album? So there's a track on his album that I'm sure everyone skips every time. <laughs> it's, just, it's just me for like, it, with like a background for like, uh, like 40 seconds or whatever. Oh, which wow. I, it's like truly the most thrilling I, I could not be more grateful that he asked me to do it. I really tried to do a good job. I like kind of did it and then didn't think about it for a while. And then the album was announced and it was like featuring Earl Sweatshirt and Josh Gondelman. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so cool. It was so exciting. It was like truly like a, an actual dream come true. Wow. Um, well, I, first of all, that's, unbelievable second of all now, now that i know the depths i mean i i i did know at, in some way that this is this is a, was a part of your life but i i guess i you saying you you know pup obviously i know what kind of band that is and I, I whatever you contain multitudes you like rap shows you like rock shows but um do you and your wife have the same kind of is what, what's what's where's the overlap in your musical tastes or we your cultural a, tastes too we have a lot of overlap in music and we have a lot of overlap in culture too um musically let me think. I listen to a lot more rap routinely than Maris does, but she also will listen to like she won't be like, "This is your music, turn it off." Uh, you know, if we're, not that she ever talks like that. Um, <laughs> With we, a wagging a finger, of, we have a lot of overlap. We see shows together pretty frequently. We've seen That's nice, yeah. We've seen um, the both the Ted Leo Amy Mann project oh i love that album yeah it's really good and they put on a great live show and actually gene gray opened for that show which is really cool um and we've seen we saw um antarctico vespucci last year and uh jeff rosenstock um i'm trying to think of who else we've seen together i mean like everything feels so long ago now but i know now it's just like what do we listen to when we're both around the bluetooth speaker in our kitchen yeah um, what you, yes yeah. We, which we did we've been doing that recently too we and we've seen the new pornographers a couple times together oh, oh that's cool. fun i've yeah. seen them too they're great um what have we been listening to recently in the kitchen and, and we drove we we had like a two and a half hour drive today um, oh, wow. oh yeah you're yeah. you're now in your uh maybe we can uh i i'd, I'd love to know uh you're somewhere upstate in a yeah. cabin uh hopefully not a shining situation you're not there to finish a novel right no 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 okay good all right okay. you yeah, should yeah. be good then yeah yeah i think that's the that's what did it is the novel <laughs> it was the oh, sure. yeah that's always kind of it's just that one small detail I'm actually, I'm writing a, a screenplay about a guy writing a novel. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> um, we, we have been, neither of us has left Brooklyn more than once. We've each left Brooklyn once for two hours in the past four months. Wow. And 
we were this summer, I was supposed to have a long hiatus from work in July and August, and we were going to go on like an exciting vacation somewhere. And quarantine made that impossible. And we didn't, we weren't like, we still wanted to go somewhere. It's, we don't have any outdoor space. We don't even have like a stoop on our building. So we we have like a, a, a small terrace that's big enough for one of us to enjoy at a time. And so we wanted to just be somewhere where like we had a, a porch and a um, a yard for a couple of weeks. And so we're, we rented a car and we drove upstate this morning for a couple of weeks and like, you know, waited till we've been pretty um, buttoned down about not going to parties and I haven't done any stand up, you know, there's like outdoor stand up happening and I've turned that stuff down just to like be more um, at home and, and just exposed to fewer people. And so we figured we'll go to this. Um, we, we got, we got this Airbnb for a couple of weeks and, and, and we waited till after, till the time it felt less like we were assholes for leaving New York. Like we weren't like, Oh, people yeah. are sick. Get the chopper, Missy. Um, <laughs> and, and we also, to the Hamptons. yeah, exactly. And we also didn't, you know, I, I think there, I ended up being off work in June, but it, at the beginning of June with all the protests and stuff happening, it just also felt like a weird time to yeah. flee. Um, so we're, we're here starting today for a couple of weeks, um, which I'm excited about. And so we, we drove and we listened to what we've been listening to a lot around the house, the new Waxahachie album. Mm. Um, the, what else? There's something I've been playing. Oh, you know what else is the, um, the, adam schlesinger tribute album oh yeah is really great that's so Uh, unbelievably sad but that album is great and one of my favorite la bands cheek face is on that album which is great uh so i wholeheartedly to the audience recommend that album and then also anything by cheek face very happy very happy wonderful stuff i like their i like the song they did for the the compilation oh you love them and maris played the we listened to pop on the, the ride today and the new album by the beths for an Australian band. Oh yeah, I've heard of them, but haven't heard it. I'll check it out. It's cool. Yeah. So we have a, we have a lot of overlap. We mostly watch sitcom stuff together and documentaries. Maris does a lot more like drama watching without me. Um, she <laughs> she is like a big TV person. Like she she watches the prestige shows and like knows what people are talking about. And I um don't. Everything stresses me out so much. I'm such a baby. And so like. Or I'm just, I'm like not interested in like the discourse if the show is not good. Like, so I'm not interested in like uh, performatively hating Westworld or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we watch, we, the stuff we watch regularly was like, we did all of the good place together. We've watched uh, Bob's Burgers, a mainstay since like we started dating, like early on dating, we would like watch that in bed on Netflix, like when I would say mm. over her place. Um, so that's, that's like a staple. Um, I feel like I'm learning more about how you manage to, cause I, I was prepared to ask you tons of how do you make it work? How are you guys not killing each other in core? Cause there's so many, there's a lot of like, and you know, no offense to some of them that are clever, but there's a lot, you see a lot of viral tweets of like half the people are coming out of this single and half the people are coming yeah. out, of the, out of this pregnant. And you're like, man, I, I'm sorry if, this is bringing out really extreme emotions in anybody, but I'm, I'm striving for that even keel. Yeah. And when I, when I achieve it, it's the greatest thing in the world, but like, I don't, it's like, 
people who are like, oh yeah once this ends ever like there's gonna be a lot of single people and i'm like oh that's that makes me feel so yeah, bad to picture somebody sitting there like pretending they like westworld and like seething at their partner and going like as soon as they, they lift yeah. the, the stay-at-home order i'm gonna get out of town um I have an and apartment I, where i sleep on an air mattress and <laughs> i can't wait to have no furniture yeah 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 it's so we're weird. gonna have to decide who gets to see our friends <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna forget all the all the dinner knives at home, and then I'll have to I'll have to spread butter on my toast with my finger. I don't care as long as I don't have to look at her anymore. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, we I think we've had like a really um, like the the parts the relationship parts of this because this is such a horrible health situation it is it's so serious and i don't want to be like but the silver lining is because uh, there isn't but i do think one uh, we have mercifully not had our relationship be a source of extra tension and like i've been cooking a lot which like normally i would be out at shows or on nights that i was not doing stand-up we would like go out together or order in but like we've been just like going to the bodega for groceries getting groceries delivered i've been cooking probably five nights a week whoa uh, what really are you cooking nice. We so I I don't think this is tales out of school. We've talked about this publicly. Um, hmm? Maris has diabetes, and so she one thing that makes her feel really good is like familiar nutrient content. So like like stuff that she knows when she eats it, what it'll make her feel. So yeah. we've been doing like pretty predictable stuff. So we've been doing like one night will be like a big whole wheat pasta with broccoli and uh, and chicken like sautéed with it. Um, one night is. Uh, ground beef burritos then the next night we do breakfast burritos with the rest of the tortillas that come in the package for dinner um, a lot of scrambled eggs um, a lot of turkey burgers it's been like I I, and I've been baking a lot lately too like I didn't get into the bread now we're talking my fa- <laughs> you, you bake I bake yeah but also not bread either my, my family has a great recipe for um, just brownies so I've been making I made that a few times made a key lime pie uh, yeah mm. very, deceptively easy pie Really? Yeah. Well, the the secret is a graham cracker crust is so easy and so much of what makes a pie hard is the crust. And so uh, if you take that out of the equation, you're you're like saving yourself hours. Wow. What wait, what else have you been baking? Key lime pie, brownies. I'm uh that's most of it, but I've made like a bunch of batches of brownies and it'll be like yeah. I'll have a neighbor, you know, a friendly neighbor come by and I'll like throw them a package of brownies and we'll stand and talk on the sidewalk Aww. 6 feet away for half an hour. So that's that's really so nice. lovely. This is the way to go because people, what I mean, myself included, but baking and cooking stresses people out normally. And now that our options are either limited or completely truncated or 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 totally compromised by this, going into it knowing, I mean, it seems like, and it, I think it would be hard to give people the kind of advice that they would need to live like you in quarantine because it's like, <laughs> well, have have a. Have a, a a job that nourishes you mentally. Yeah. Be in a really great, loving relationship already. Um, okay. uh, going knowing how to cook enough that the essentials <laughs> that make your wife happy are not difficult for you. Mm-hmm. Because there's some people who just. I mean, I know some people who, and to their credit, it doesn't matter because it's not for everybody. People who cannot cook and refuse yep. to learn. Yeah. And. Their lives are, I mean, as long as we are staying away from L.A. El Fresco, which is Mayor Garcetti's uh, way to get everybody outside eating oh, on the I sidewalk in shit. L.A. I hate what that is, shit. What? Wait, Stevie, are you not familiar with El Fresco? 
No. What Mayor is that? Eric Spaghetti, aka Derek Spaghetti. <laughs> Eric Garcetti. I like to call him Derek Spaghetti. And I and I let it slip just now. I do in my private time call him Derek Spaghetti because I think he's ridiculous. And if and I uh. the one time I want I was I really waffled. I went to a march like a month ago and I was like, should I make a poster that says uh palm sweaty mom spaghetti eric garcetti something like that and i was like you know what maybe not maybe i won't make this that much about me i'll i'll steer clear of the jokes but Stevie. i do i do like this i this is the perfect venue because i think you didn't pull focus at the protest but we still get to enjoy yeah palm sweaty vomit on the sweater already eric garcetti i mean also everybody now a lot more people get to see it and hear it <laughs> let's let's hope that that brought someone joy because it wouldn't have brought a lot of people joy at the protest uh but you know mayor eric garcetti aka <clears throat> derek spaghetti has implemented something called la al fresco which is uh i'm so glad you don't know about this because it's so upsetting so he's taking to twitter and doing press conferences saying we got to stay home it's really important i know i opened up every business and said you could go into toy stores and, and sporting goods stores and bookstores but now we really got to crack down guys we can't eat inside restaurants anymore but i'm pleased to say that i'm starting la al fresco which means you can eat on the sidewalk outside and if you're a restaurant, you can commandeer like a parking space outside if you want to make a little booth. But nobody's really doing that. They're just taking over the sidewalk, making the sidewalk really hard to walk on. Everywhere you go where you see a, a restaurant turned into an outdoor restaurant is part of Eric Garcetti's Alfresco initiative, which is a complete and total failure because, of course, our numbers are spiking. People are dying. Hospitalization is up. But, you know. It's got to be good to be in upstate New York right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've we been walking a little bit in our neighborhood and New York has been doing a similar thing like there that you can now. I, I think it's less popular. Um, the climate is horrendous. Uh, sure. <laughs> very, very humid. There's the, the, the thing about New York City is there are six days a year when it's comfortable to eat outside at a restaurant and everything else is either way too cold or way too humid. Yeah. Um, so it's horrible to begin with. I, I would I'm just like. I'm very fearful. And so I don't want to do it as much as I miss like having someone bring me a nice drink that I pay them for. Same. But I'm just like, there's no, especially when so many places are, there's a bar in our neighborhood that does takeaway cocktails and you order them in advance and then you stand in a socially distant line and they, they bring them to you outside and you in little to go containers and you bring them home. And that's like, I feel like I'm supporting a bar that I like. I'm getting a cocktail that I wouldn't make at home and I'm not uh, endangering people by like taking my mask off and like drinking like I'm on fucking spring break. Uh, I right, hate it. Because because you're not going to be super you're not going to feel relaxed when somebody comes out to you with gloves, a face mask and a, and a plastic no. visor that goes down over their face. That's going to probably take you out of it pretty, pretty quick. You're going to be like, wait, this margarita tastes like um, uh, civil unrest and uh, global pandemic. Right. It's um, the, <laughs> and it's so cruel to do to them. Like, obviously, people are going back to work in these establishments because they need money nobody's doing yeah. it because they're like oh fucking i just can't go four months without uh waiting a table asshole, uh, uh, yeah fucking bloody mary that is going to send back because it's not spicy enough it's because like <sighs> so it ended it so i don't begrudge individual people but it's just such a collective failure that like this is what our leadership has given us is like 
al fresco dining as a solution to a <laughs> pandemic so bad yeah. it's so bad also i can't believe it's ty- like i knew that restaurants were having tables on sidewalks but i had no idea that we coined it a name like it's so much more insulting that it has like a, <laughs> a yeah. cutesy name it's al fresco I mean, like uh don't do that to us we're not dumb I'm, I mean, leave, honestly, leave it to Derek Spaghetti. I would expect no less. Um, Josh, we uh, we have come to the point in our program, which mm-hmm. I've never said that before. Ooh, maybe I, I don't. Maybe it's in in honor of Al Fresco uh, sounding stupid. Maybe that's why I said program. But we'll we do, um, we'll do it in Italian. Yeah, great. We will be speaking uh, in Italian. We'll be asking all of these um, in Italian. <laughs> Okay, so perfect. we have uh, five questions, uh, much like Craig Kilborn in the '90s, uh, that we like to ask our our guest. Kilborn. Actually, yeah, he was in Hangover, right? Wasn't he? He was in Old School. Oh no, he was in oh. Old School. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm getting I'm getting my bro humor all mixed up. Yeah, he's sorry. Easy to do. My bros at Barstool Sports would fucking rake me over the coals, bro. Okay, so we have Bradley five Cooper, questions. Bradley Cooper in. Uh, in the hangover is the thinking man's Vince Vaughn. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the fact that that's true oh is my- absolutely unacceptable. Oh um, my gosh. Was, and I was like, keep these words inside you. <laughs> don't say this. Don't say this. <laughs> uh, so uh, Stevie, Stevie's going to ask you five questions and just right. answer rapid, as they come. There's no wrong. Fire. Yeah. There's no wrong answers. Great. All right. Number one, what is your most awkward first date? Ooh, most oh i went on it might have not even been a date like it might have been so bad that it was downgraded from date to not date um <laughs> i went to see and it's worse in retrospect um my okay my good friend mike kaplan uh who's a very funny comedian was performing at caroline's so i, I didn't have a lot of money i was like oh my buddy mike will get us into this show uh afterwards we were all gonna hang out you know, it was just like a fun, like getting to know you thing. So we went to the show. Um, the headliner in retrospect, worst news was Chris D'Elia. Um, oh, no, so oh, no. that, that brings, that brings like a, a hindsight, bad date element. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and then my ex-girlfriend was also there and we'd broken up like a month before. <laughs> oh, wow. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. too many uh, bad so variables. Might- it might not have started out as a date, but it absolutely ended as not a date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, number two, who's your current celebrity crush? Oh, gosh. That's so tough. I mean, I guess, like, always and forever is Julianne Moore. Mm. But I definitely, um, I found, uh, gosh, I wish I, this is so embarrassing of me because she's such an accomplished professional but i was so charmed by the lead performance in palm springs Kristen oh, miliotti yes she's amazing yep. she's great i just found her um so so charming and, and likable so that was I she was sold the hell i mean if you walked away from that movie not having a crush on both of them yeah how Andy not, yeah. my um, people at work we were like there, I don't want to. This is not about Jesus and Marrow. That's not who I'm protected by, not naming names. But someone at work was like, How did he make me have a crush on him? I never, like, we've seen him for years and I never thought that would happen. 
Uh, you know, it's 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 just a modulator. I think he dialed down the wacky just enough because I've always known that. I mean, I look up to the man for being a, a Jewish comedy man that women have had crushes on. And the fact that he just like made 30 percent fewer weird faces and screams a little bit less. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, look, clean your glasses. He's a friggin certified hunk. Yeah. Very handsome. Yeah. So charming. I'm a I'm a a, a big fan. Same. Same. That's those are our current celebrity crushes too. Oh, um, three. What's your favorite snack? Oh, hmm. I um, I like a a very crunchy potato chip. Ooh, like, any a, brands a, in particular? A cod is the chip of my youth. That was mm. that to me is the gold standard. That's like the chip that that uh, defines all chips for me. And so. I've been getting uh, kettle chip, like Dijon flavor they have at my bodega. And then North yeah. Fork, I know nothing about that brand, but they're also, they've got a good crunch and they have a good sour cream and onion. Oh, yeah. Mm. Love that. Also, oh, you know what? Yeah. It, sparingly, I will do a sugar cereal as a, like an afternoon snack. In early quarantine, I was going very small dish of cinnamon toast crunch. I wow. knew you were going to, I knew Sorry. you were going to say cinnamon toast crunch. It's so you good. You're eating pulverized churros, and yeah. that's fine because there's yeah. nothing better. Yes. I'll take a fresh churro. I'll take a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> they started making churro Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereal, and that's dangerous. Yeah. Wow. That's dangerous. Wow. So just, just putting it out there if, you're, if, you, if, you, if you find it at the bodega. Wow. They, they asked if they could. And not if they should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they Maybe they should have. The Jurassic Park of cereal. It's true. <laughs> Wayne Knight is gonna get gonna get murdered by some kind of creature stealing the recipe. <laughs> yep. Uh uh uh. Number four, <laughs> number four. What is your dream meal? Like you can literally have um, mix and match from wherever you want. Uh, oh, any items you want. Oh man, this is so tough. I I've been my like lately ultimate treat meal is um for the last couple years and it's like i'll do it like two or three times a year is like lobster roll fries salad it's so simple but a lobster roll is so good i love seafood and and there's a place um maris isn't a big seafood person but there's a place in our neighborhood that has like lobster rolls but also real good substantive salads good wine list and um, they make a good like burger and, and chicken dish as well, but it's mostly for the, for the lobster rolls. So we, we go for that and, and she has something to get to. So, I, cause I'm not gonna, I'm not like dragging her to like, uh, <laughs> uncle snappers, oyster barrel or whatever. <laughs> and she just eats bread. She's like, yeah, fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just feels so, uh, inconsiderate to be like, yeah, we're going to, um, we're going to a seaside shack that just has soft shell and hard shell crabs. All the food groups. <laughs> Good luck. Like, Great. I'll bring a Tupperware full of asparagus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Season uh, <laughs> There's a place uh, in LA that I believe is closed forever called Franklin and Company that had a really fantastic lobster roll. But the price point was, and this is truly just like a, 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 a East Coast person who's homesick or whatever, but I would order a lobster roll there and I'm not kidding you this is not a brag about i i've never been rich i just spend money foolishly <laughs> i believe that they had a 22 dollar lobster roll without fries Ooh. and let me tell you it was delicious and it was gone in two bites yep. and i did it maybe two or three times i was like i can't do this i, I can't do it anymore no can't do it it's but tough. in hindsight 
kind of worth it because now I'll never be able to have it again. I'm glad I had it at least yeah, twice. That's nice. I, mm. But that's like to me, that is like what a meal is where it's like, oh, like there's so many things I like. I like, you know, the food of all different cultures, but like uh, my my heritage is Kelly's roast beef. <laughs> yes. Wait, see, I wouldn't bring this up all over the place. Dave, <laughs> you'll understand there's a New England genre of restaurant that is roast beef and seafood. <laughs> Yes. That's all they have. Uh, look, what, I, is, I, Josh, what is that combo? It's it's just a regional look. I, and Josh, I, I I I have to just say because we're wrapping up, I'm doing this kind of. I did this more for Stevie because we've had some Massachusetts people on. And if you let, if you, if I am allowed, if I'm given the, if I'm given a wide berth, I will only talk in a shitty New England accent. Oh, I will only too. talk about. Sub, sub sub shops versus how you can't get subs out here i will only talk about <laughs> roast beef places i will only talk about town spa in stoughton massachusetts it's just it's a it's it's a it's it's a problem and i would i mean look at stevie right now look at this woman look Check at this out. california native i couldn't do it to her but when you said kelly's roast beef I'm, i i lit up like a fucking slot machine <laughs> but just you know just know we'll in your heart time. That I, I'm with you 100%. Um, Stevie, hit him with that final question. <laughs> On that note, number five. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't get go into it. Oh, my God. She's so mad. Okay. Yeah, number five. Here we go. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice about relationships or food or both in one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, it's okay. It's okay to ask for what you want. Wow. Locked and loaded. That's what I like. And it's it's okay if you don't have what is being asked for. You're not deficient. Um that Ah. is so good. Can you even imagine hearing that as a kid? (laughs) It's okay to ask for what you want. Yeah. I'd be like, oh. Oh, so I didn't need to spend the past 34 years pretending. (laughs) Right. You can you can be like, oh, there's somebody I, I can find a person that likes me at my best versus a person who I have to like invent a new and different best for. Wow. Uh, Josh, see, I, I love just, that. I love that. I just started doing that and implementing it in my own life more recently than is probably okay to admit for for a man of of my age. I'm I'm 53 years young, but uh, <laughs> I, I I that's so actually useful and the fact that it was locked and loaded makes me think that you've thought about it before and it's really um makes me feel good because it's it's like i look at your life not just on paper but the way you've just described it and it's like this person seems to have it in quotes figured out and that's not to say that you know everything or that you've unlocked all the mysteries of life but knowing that you know that and you've you've used that principle in your life makes a little bit of sense because you are in a relationship that fits you well. You're in a job that fits you well. You're, you're, I don't know. I wouldn't even call it a side hustle, but the way your approach to comedy and stand up seems like you've sort of tailored it to your actual, I mean, you know, it would be a lot weirder if you were the person you are and then you got on stage and you were like, so I'm fucking this chick, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's like the, the idea that it's okay to be, nice or kind or to lead with kindness and to not do it in that Disney wedding way that you can tell is fake that, you know, and I mean, 
no offense to him, but who knows what happens behind closed doors after Chris Pratt is done smiling through an interview. <laughs> who knows? I don't. He probably goes bow hunting and kills an elk and brings it to a mega church. I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm not at liberty to say that what happens or not. But I'm saying I I, I really thank you for for sharing your wisdom with us and oh, your experience. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. For I really. Me. I really enjoyed this. And also, Stevie, we, we are two people who we were trying to figure out if we've met before. And we probably have a few times because we we came up doing stand-up at the same time in Boston. But that was long enough ago that if it happened, it happened once or twice. Yeah. And now we're like fairly different people, but also we're kind of the same. Yeah. It's so nice. This was so fun. This was definitely – we've definitely never talked this much out loud, face-to-face, cumulatively uh, even though we've known each other and each other's work for like a very long time uh, from far away. So this is a real pleasure. And Stevie, uh, thank you for having me as well. It was so nice to, to do this video. It was so nice to meet you, Josh. Thank you. Uh, um, could you please direct uh, our audience? I'm sure people, if you're on Twitter, you follow Josh. But uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about your new podcast. Sure. Oh, thank you. It's called Make My Day. It is uh, a comedy game show where there's one guest each week. So the one contestant always wins. Um, the games are like fully based on the cultivating answers that cheer me up because the world is a very (laughs) stressful place. And then at the end of every episode, the guest wins a prize of $100 donated to the charity or aid cause of their choice. Oh, amazing. That sounds great. And, uh, and, um, it's on anywhere. We can just find it wherever people find podcasts. Everywhere you listen to a podcast. It's very silly. Jesus and Mero have been on, um, gosh, uh, Zach Lowe, the NBA writer, has been on. Oh, wow. Karen Chi from uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers. Oh, she's so funny. Yeah, she's she's so funny. Her episode, I think, is like the most... I love them all. The hardest I've laughed doing an episode was, was either Jesus and Mero or John Gabris. Um, but the episode with Karen was just like so tone perfect for like exactly what i hoped the show would be when we started it and so if you're gonna start with a place be like oh this is what we're we're trying to do every time oh that's that's perfect and to just do that like early in the run too we'll listen to that episode and every other episode of his show um josh thanks again for being on the program i hope to speak to you soon and not uh wait another 13 14 years to do it (laughs) thanks for having me this is so much fun okay bye josh bye how about that, Stevie? How about that? I love that. I have never talked to Josh before, but I would love to talk to him again. He's so wonderful. Yeah, I think he's maybe the perfect example of somebody who is as not just as wonderful, but as consistently. Um, I, I feel like his online voice matches his real voice in a way that I think is a little bit rare. I think so too. I also think it's hard to do because like I knew I understood what you were talking about completely. Like sometimes an online online voice online online <laughs> voice uh seems um <laughs> <laughs> You're doing fine. Uh, I just give up and throw the mic down. Uh, oh no. Um, I won't. Um sometimes it can seem like you were saying, overly positive, over like almost falsely positive and stuff like that. And I, I think you're right. There's something really special about someone being so authentically them online because it is hard to do because it's almost like you're translating your essence into words and sometimes it can mismatch. Like I even think my Twitter and my Instagram are two different energies. 
I mean, uh, I I don't really. First of all, I don't even know what to do with Instagram anymore. Uh, besides promote our podcast, it feels weird. But just to me, but for Twitter, I mean, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I'm I I'm I'm not sleeping well, and so the nights that uh that I'm not that that I spend by myself, I'm tweeting such. I mean, I watched uh. You know, I, I remember a couple like a couple months ago, I made you look at uh, Richard Gere from American Gigolo in 1981. Last night, I, I watched a movie called Cutter's Way from 1981 with okay. a young Jeff Bridges. And this man, Jeff Bridges in 1981, I was losing my fucking mind uh, from sheer jealousy because I don't know if you know this, but I do not look like Jeff Bridges from any time uh, period. Same. Same. I don't either. Um, it, I don't either. I don't look like, I don't look like anyone except for myself. Although the last time we recorded and you had a slight sunburn, you did look like most of the uh, female protagonists from the eighties movies I've been watching. Yeah. How quickly that suntan went away and how I'm left with my pale skin only to be more me. Uh oh, Steve. I I mean, we haven't recorded it in the morning in a while, but I gotta ask, uh, what what's what's that? I mean, listeners, this is how the sausage is made. We are recording this outro at like a day after we recorded the, that wonderful episode you just heard. How are you feeling? How'd you sleep? Uh, your facial expression <laughs> is telling me that. Dave, could maybe- you could you take a picture of us right now? <laughs> could I take a picture of us? Yeah. Could you yeah, just okay. take a screenshot of us? Okay, I did it. We'll post to show you how we're feeling. Um, okay. I am I am so sleepy. I've been sleepy for four days. I am, I'm having all, I feel like one of those horrible complainers. Like right now, I hope it doesn't come across like that. But I'm just having one of those days where I'm like, wow, I feel like I have every ailment. Like I'm PMSing. I quit sugar four days ago. So I'm like detoxing from sugar. That's to boost my immunity during a pandemic because I was like, I'm eating so much sugar and I'm eating natural sugars. But oh my God, like I think I was eating a lot of desserts, FYI. What kind Uh, of refined sugar were you eating? Everything, Dave. I always eat desserts. Like I eat cake that I make. I eat cookies. I eat ice cream. I'm a dessert guy. Yeah, I had a lot a lot of ice cream last night and um and I um I I guess I had been kind of proud of myself for not going nuts on ice cream in the pandemic because it is an easy way to feel better really fast. Yes. And, and um yeah. And Dave, let me tell you something. When you cut it out, when you cut out like refined sugars, and I'm not doing this as a diet, I want to preface that because I think there's a difference. Um but when you cut it out, I was like, I would get home from like going for a walk or something and be like, what do I do now? Because what I was doing was like going and scooping a thing of ice cream or going and getting ice cream. And like, it was kind of an activity for me. And so mm-hmm. no joke, I quit sugar. And on day two, I was like, what do I do now? And I finished the fourth draft of my short film. Like I suddenly got more productive because I wasn't, I'm not kidding. I think it really did take up that much time. You're writing a short film? I already wrote one. Yeah, I wrote a short film and I'm on my fourth draft of it and getting notes on it now. Well, I got to say congratulations. And then also, if you ever want another pair of eyes on it, I'd love to read it. I would love a pair. I just wanted it to get to its like um, mo- most finished stage that it was at. And then I, I will send it to you and then I'll send it to uh, Ben Affleck and... Um, <laughs> uh christian bale oh 
just a couple of just a couple of <laughs> my, uh, three, older, my three best guy friends. <laughs> your your best guy friend and just and just two older sad uh, white guys who who can't seem to get it together and are very brooding on screen. I, I just want to show you. I can't remember if I ever have shown you this, but because I tweeted about it, um, Jenny's ice cream sent me a $100 gift certificate uh, at the very beginning, either the beginning of all this or right before all of this happened. Why? Well, so uh, listeners, this is a regional specific thing, but Jenny's Ice Cream is an ice cream spot. Uh, they exist uh, on a street close to where Stevie and I live. And I observed that they were destroying the competition. Ice cream places were opening and closing with the snap of your fingers because Jenny's was just too powerful. And so there was one that was a block north of them that was like very big and hyped and came over from New York and they closed. There was a, a McConnell's, which is some a place that everybody loves uh, in other locations, opened and closed within, I think, a couple years. And so I just went on Twitter and was like, Jenny's has laid waste to everyone in the ice cream wars. No one is safe. There is only Jenny's. Jenny's is the one true way or whatever. And they DM'd me and said, hey, can we? Because the post, the tweet kind of blew up. And people from our neighborhood were like sharing it like crazy. And they sent me a $100 gift certificate. And what I will say is they are fairly pricey. So I bought three pints maybe two or three months ago. And uh, I can probably only afford to buy three more. But um this is it's so crazy. A hundred dollars buys you six pints. I mean, maybe se- maybe seven or eight if I'm really stretching it and getting getting something on sale. But uh, I almost like I. You just reminded me that because you were saying as an activity you would go get ice cream. I was ready to go do that the other day. I was like, oh, where is that? And I found I found where I I left this because I sort of hid it because I didn't want to use it so fast. But um. Yeah, I I having done the whole thirty twice, well documented on past seasons of the show. Cutting out um, refined sugar makes you go crazy, and it's I, a, I it's a drug. It's such a drug. I mean, I think we're all just ping ponging back and forth between health and and total gluttony right now. I you know I started the pandemic exercising a lot. I'm in the midst of eating okay i had a phase where i didn't drink at all because um i was uh smited by white claw another thing that was very well documented on the show but (laughs) now i'm sort of riding the wave of moderation a little bit i'm exercising a little i'm walking a little i'm drinking a very little but just enough to make me feel good um and i just i hope that your sugar journey uh, uh serves you well i hope you're feeling okay um, it it will eventually. Honestly, it's one of those things where you have to get past the first week. Uh, like, it's so crazy how irritable I feel. And like, maybe it's just a combo of things. But like, I do remember this happening the last time I quit sugar. I was just like, I, I'm like irritable, but I'm not doing anything about it. So it's just like this inner fury. Hey, do we need to touch on pogs at all? <laughs> yeah, explain <laughs> yourself. You also... You've never sounded more angry at me. Hey, do we need to touch on pogs at all? You fucking dick. Um, uh, you also, the, can you please check Twitter? I just tweeted something in relevant to our podcast, which is so okay. funny in comparison to what I just said. Checking. Um, I, all right. Okay. You just said, you I don't. Twitter. Yeah. Okay. On Twitter, you said, I don't drop my mic, but I do set it down gently after recording every episode of my podcast <laughs> because I'm a gentle girl. So I'm like angrily talking about pogs. All right. Let me explain my pog sitch. Was obsessed with pogs. <laughs> was obsessed with pogs. So obsessed. Love them and was very good at the game. 
And when you have two siblings, you get to play all the time, you know, as a kid. And basically, uh, I saved, I saved my two favorite ones. They both have, they have bunnies on them. I say my two favorite ones because I thought someday if I ever have a kid or maybe twins or something, they might want to know what their mom was up to. So can you hold them up for me again? Or did you yeah, put them away? Of course. Away? I put them away, but they're always in, within arm's reach. Uh, this is wild because you're reaching into a, a drawer that I have been. Uh, See the bunny? Uh, There's a bunny. Oh, yeah. And then this one's a bunny also. They're both just sweet bunnies. My, They're they're beautiful. I love the ones that have um, like iridescent, like, uh, you know, I love that. I love that energy. I love. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. You just reached into am a drawer. I, am I drunk on I'm what just, is happening? I'm shocked because listeners, she just Stevie just reached into the drawer that I sit in front of when we record, when we're able to record at her house. And I've been doing that for years. And yeah. I did not know that there were pogs in this drawer and that pogs were at some point a big part of your life and are Huge. a big enough part of your life now that you still keep them with you in a frame, a clear plastic frame. Dave, they were essential to my childhood and like same with this game. Oh, Uno. Oh, yeah. Okay. I love Uno. I still play Uno. Yeah, me so that's, too. Um, but yeah, um, just wanted to touch on that just real quick so we don't leave the uh, listeners in the dark. Okay. I'm glad that you didn't leave our listeners hanging. Uh, we have, speaking of uh, our listeners, yeah. we have uh, a few voicemails. We're going to play one right now and talk about it. Neither of us have, have heard it at all, so it's going to be new to both of us. This um, is my favorite part of the podcast where I don't know what's happening. Yes, me too. I like to be disoriented. Me um, too. Okay, uh, let's see if we can both hear it. Here we go. Hey, Stevie and Dave. Uh, my name's Miranda. I'm 23, and I'm from uh, Central Illinois. Uh, yeah, you do have Midwestern listeners. Um, but I'm calling because I am newly dating a dad, um, and I've never dated someone with a kid before. And I just don't know what I'm doing. She's three and a half, and she seems really cool, but I don't know how to navigate this. Uh, we've been seeing each other for about a month and a half, so I'm sure I'm ahead of myself. Um, but I don't see a way that I can be with him and not have her involved, and I'm not super into kids. Do I suck for dating a dad and not liking kids? Or... Uh, is this something that I should talk to him about or do I just let him take care of it and worry about it when we get there? Thanks. Okay. Bye. Uh, Dave, I love a woman who admits to not liking kids. I, <laughs> I <laughs> so, it's such a funny energy. Oh, makes me laugh every time. I don't really love kids. Like, and they always say it with like a kind of grossed out. Ugh. Well, I think there's a societal pressure and an expectation to love kids, especially if you're a woman. And it is kind of refreshing for me to hear that because not everybody it's, you know, I think you can not be, be a, not a kid person in the same way that some people are not a dog person or not a cat person. And I think it didn't used to be like that. There was, yeah. I, I think the pressure is immense, but um, I will say I think if you knowingly are dating a dad, a single dad, you're going to have to engage with that kid at some point. I yeah, I also think I think her last sentence what was her name? Um I don't believe she I do actually that's not true. She did give a name and I'm going to get it for you right now because I'm good at my I job. Address her, her name is 
her name is Miranda. And I just want to say before you, you, you give this. Um, so when people record voicemails, one of my favorite things is that Google tries to transcribe them for us. Yeah. Uh, and so we get sort of a version of the transcription, but it's usually wrong. So the first line of this uh, voicemail transcribed is <clears throat> instead of, hey, Stevie and Dave, it says, he's beauty and Dave. Yeah, that feels right. That's correct. Yeah. So they spelled <laughs> they they thought uh, hey was he's, but they also called you beauty, which is kind of nice. I'm I couldn't be more into that this morning, honestly. Um I think, okay, so Miranda from Middle Middle Illinois. Is that correct? <laughs> she said, I mean, you do have some Midwestern listeners. Yes, I do believe she said uh, I Illinois. think she said the middle yes, of Illinois. Central in Illinois. I like to call it Miranda from Middle Illinois. Um, number one, love date, love a vibe of dating a hot dad. Everyone wants to date a hot dad. Two, I think you're exactly right. I don't think you have to worry about the kid until it becomes a thing. Like you'll get introduced to this kid or if you already have been like, I think it's just like anything, like if a person with a pet, like it integrates slowly into your life. Um, I do think it's a very different energy to date a dad. Mostly I don't want to do it because I'm not, I'm not number one, you know? <laughs> you mean you're not the priority? Yeah, the kid is. They're like always like, I can't because I have to take care of the kid. And I'm like, ugh, what about me? So you're not a kid person either, you think? Well, I, you know, I'm confusing. I. You certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. You I contain don't multitudes. I do. I don't know what I am because I, I really like children. I really, I really do. I really like other people's kids. Like, I'm like the opposite. Like, my mom hates other people's kids and loved her own kids. But I love, I love kids. I just don't know, like. I, I still am at the place in my life where like I don't see where they fit and I also think they're too loud for me. Like I like living in quiet. And so I think it's that, the fact that they're so loud and they're always crying. They're always crying. They're always making noises. And I'm like, get over it. You're lucky to be here. So, OK, so if you're, you're lucky to be here like you're lucky to be alive or you're lucky to be around me. Um, what's less bad? What's the less oh my, bad? I, 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 you're, you're, you're fully on one this morning and I got to say I'm here for it. Um, my, <laughs> my, my thoughts are it, it, I do feel as though right now it's probably not a huge part of the relationship and that's great. And I think that yeah. that gives you plenty of time to figure out how you actually feel about this person, because if your feelings become serious or you realize, oh, they've always been serious or they're getting really serious now. I think at a certain point that kid is going to be a pretty integral part. You're going to have yeah. to meeting them is going to be a huge thing. Or if you've already met them, there's going to be day outings and it's going to be like, let's experiment with what happens when you're here for the weekend. And so is the kid. And then you do that. And if that's not something you're on board for, even on like in theory, I don't know how you do it. Yeah. Dave, I agree full heartedly. Like it's a, it's a choice you're making that, uh, I think you do have to consider it can't be like a haphazard, like cash thing. I think you have to be like, okay, this kid's going to be a part of your life. Also, the world doesn't need any more uh, shitty parents or shitty step parents. And, and I say that in general, I'm not saying that about Miranda. I'm just saying, if you know that you don't like kids and you really like this guy, you can't kind of yada yada a kid. That kid's going to be around. And if you try to ignore them, they're not going to go away. They're just going to grow up uh, 
resenting you and uh you'll probably be footing the therapy bills yeah don't yada yada kid it's uh i do feel like that if i if that was a different podcast i would tweet that out but we don't have a twitter for our podcast um no too scared of low followers <laughs> i don't want to do it i don't like i feel like every time we add another account of something i'm just like Ugh, it just it's just uh <laughs> we're just there's too many accounts um i will <laughs> I also, Dave, <laughs> I really want to be a stepmom. I don't want, I don't necessarily want to give birth to a child, but I would, I would like to be a stepmom. I think you could probably be a good stepmom, except you did just say a, a, some fairly disparaging things <laughs> about your feelings about kids overall. So I, I'm not sure kind of where I'm landing. Dave, I'm thinking like years from now, I'm thinking, I'm think I get, I'm going to give myself another seven years. To, and then you want to be a stepmom? Yeah. To 18 year olds uh i don't i don't know i don't know about i don't know about i don't know about 80s movie heroine looking stevie having two 18 and and, and i weirdly picture them as being twin boys they are yeah trevor and trink <laughs> trink Okay, I think that's I think that's the unofficial I burn everything uh, signal to get out of here because you just referred to you just decided a boy's name would be Trink. Although that does sound like either a, a Biden or a Trump, uh, you know, stepson that like like a hidden kid. I'm like, this is I'm Trink. Like, he's going to be he's going to be in my cabinet now from now on. Dave, I feel like I am drunk on not sleeping or something. I'm like crying. You are actually crying and your dogs are barking. But I do want to say, Stevie, for for mm. I feel like you feel crazy, but this is still good broadcasting. And you are like, I think it's just a testament to the fact that you're good at your job because uh, <laughs> this is compelling and it makes sense. Although I think you might be losing it a little bit. So yeah. let's 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 get you out of here. Let's get me out of here. Um, Miranda, I hope that was helpful at all. Please. Get, actually update us you know because we'll 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 be here call it call us back and let us know how the relationship goes if you've met the kid or not like in, in a couple weeks or a couple months i i personally am curious uh 213-458-5236 is our telephone number you can email us at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com and um rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts. we've been getting some really great reviews there lately and um and what was that was that boyfriend or holiday you know who that was i was boyfriend playing with holiday Okay, well, for for Stevie Nelson and uh, boyfriend Holiday and Rocket Nelson, this has been another fun-filled episode of I Burn Everything, Season 3. And I just want to say, stay safe, stay sane, and stay slamming those pogs, baby. <laughs> okay, bye. bye. What's up, stoners? Welcome to I'm Too Effing High. It's a podcast where we test the age-old question, does marijuana make you funnier? I'm here to talk to you about eating people. I bring on comedians. I get them high on marijuana. Ooh, yes. It's just like Fisherman's Cop. Yeah. Oh, and I would know. <laughs> Please give a warm welcome to Nicole Byer, Tim Bob, Sam Rich. 
Richardson. Mary Holland. Are you guys ready for this show tonight? I'm too effing high. New episodes every Tuesday. Stay yeah. too effing high, you guys. Bye. Campfire.